Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 62 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom, representing the kingdom, myself, Brad Simcox, and Arrow Headlines editor, Tom Childs. As usual, Tom and I will be chewing the fat on the Chiefs' victory over the London Jaguars. Sorry, the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll see how this week's game has affected the Arrowhead Pride power rankings before looking ahead to the Chiefs' visit to LA to face a somewhat lacklustre Chargers team. But first... You got to hold and give, but do it at the right time. You can be slow or fast, but you must get to the line. They'll always hit you and hurt you. Defend and attack. There's only one way to beat them. Get round the back. Catch me if you can, cause I'm the demon man. And what you're looking at is the master plan. There we have it, former England player John Barnes, his rap to see us into a new World Cup year, mate. Are you excited for this? Is that another daft question that I've asked you? <laughs> I mean, if you heard John Barnes rapping, you have to be excited, right? Like, yeah. I, I am honoured that we got to showcase John Barnes' rapping skills to much of Kansas City. For what I'm guessing is the first time that many people listen to this podcast have ever heard that rap. Yeah. And it got me thinking, actually, think, like, World Cup songs, wh- where have they gone? Like, yeah. remember y- yesteryear, there was like every World Cup, every Euros, there was always a song released by someone, an England yeah. football song. And half of them are bad. Some of them are okay. But some of them are absolute bangers. And World of Motion with John Barnes absolutely is a banger it's one of the best it's one of the greatest football songs of all time and I have a playlist that I play in the week leading up to the World Cup and then I will play (laughs) that playlist continuously throughout the World Cup until England get knocked out so yeah I wasn't in the mood I'll not lie I thought it's kind of weird having a World Cup in the winter um smack bang in the middle of the Premier League season as well the Premier League season which our two clubs are doing extremely well and carry a lot Very of momentum well. and kind of don't need this break or kind of want Arsenal to carry on going five points clear at the top of the Premier League, you know, to have this break now until Boxing Day is kind of yeah. kind of strange and kind of an inconvenience. But, you know, a World Cup is is a, is a special thing. It's the greatest sporting competition in the world. So, um, yeah, I'm not completely there yet. I think I will be. When I'm sitting yeah. down on, on Sunday afternoon watching Qatar versus Ecuador... I'll be like, I think this is great. Yeah, yeah, I think it's great. Like a beer in hand, watching Qatar versus Ecuador. I think, well, this is what I've been missing, and so I know, I know, I know I'll be into it. I'll be watching, listening to every single game I possibly can. So, 
yeah, it's a special time of year. It's, it is strange it being in the winter, but, you know, you've got to kind of embrace it now. It's a World Cup. It's a festival of football. That first game where you were saying, like, Qatar versus Ecuador, it's a bit like the first game of the NFL season, the first real game played yeah. in anger, and everyone everyone watches it, don't they? Because they're like, yeah. we're so starved of it, you know, through the, the off-season. And yeah. to have something in the World Cup where it's the first mm-hmm. game, and it's the first game in the World Cup since yeah. four years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, it's an exciting thing, isn't it? By the end of the game, we'll be like, well, that was crap. <laughs> that was I, crap I can't game. tell you a single Qatari or Ecuadorian player. Like, but yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I literally do not care. It's just, what will happen is that I'll turn on the TV, I'll, I'll, I'll put the channel on, and then I'll see the look. And when I see the look, I'll be like, World Cup's back. What's the look? The look. Oh. Oh. So... You're going to think I'm bonkers until you actually watch the game on Sunday. And listeners will think, what the hell is this nutter going on about? But the look. There's a look that every international football tournament has. Well, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase that. Every Euros and every World Cup has. And you'll turn on your TV and you'll watch it and you'll think, ah, oh, it just looks a bit like extra definition. The TV's a little bit brighter. The net's use different shape holes for the nets. The corner flags look, the lines look cleaner, the kits look cleaner. And you, you honestly, you'll see like MasterCard signs around the side and Visa signs. And you will, you'll look at it and you'll go, I know what Tom's talking about. And That's the you'll see it. Look. And you're, you're honestly, you can, you can tell if a game is in an international tournament or not, just purely by the look. You don't, you don't, you could, you could put a friendly on, or a yeah. tournament, and I would be able to tell you which one of those two games is a tournament game purely because it's got the look. And it's something about the look that just makes you know that you're in World Cup football or European football. Again, you are looking at me like I'm talking absolute bollocks, yeah. but I'm not. This is how my you, you're you've got the facial expression. What my missus had when I first told her about it. What is okay? he on about? Exactly. That's exactly what she's like. But I have said this to so many of my friends and they all agree with me. And I cannot wait for you to come on this podcast next week and say to me, Tom, I know exactly (laughs) what you're talking about. It's just, there's just something different about how a game looks on TV when it comes to World Cup and Euros and you're going to see it. And I just cannot wait for you to go, to go, yeah, Tom, you were right. <laughs> I wonder what it is. I wonder if it's like a committee requirement, like a FIFA committee requirement. It has to look a certain way. I don't know, but it exists. It exists. I, I think I know what you're on about. I think I know what you're on about because, <laughs> I mean, every World Cup has its own unique kind of flavour to it, doesn't it? Obviously, the, the you know, the one in South Africa was like Vuvuzelas and stuff, yeah. and, you know, that, that kind of added to the atmosphere. The Mexico one was very much listening to the uh, the commentary that was like through a telephone yeah. <laughs> with a fuzzy screen. Yeah. Um, but I know what you mean. The, the, the advertisement hoardings around the side always look the same. The atmosphere seems a little bit like the same, doesn't it? And Everything's cleaner, everything's sharper. Everything's cleaner and sharper. Like, and like you said, the kits. I know what yeah. you mean, actually, yeah. Because I always remember, like, Cameroon players in, like, Italia yeah. 90, they were, they were they do all these, like, really striking kits mm. that you never see in any other football team ever. Um, yeah. And I suppose that I suppose that's where you're getting at. It's, it's, is it, do you not think it's because... It, because of the kits that we're seeing in like literally international teams in a tournament facing each other, do you think that's probably what it is that 
But I, no, to be honest, the Euros is the same, isn't it? So. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's that or it's the fact that I'm just blind drunk throughout the whole tournament <laughs> and I just can't see straight. <laughs> that's what it is. And maybe the look is just my beer eyes, my uh, yeah. my beer goggles. That's that's the problem. But it does exist. But back to the first point, the yeah. World Cup. Do you think it is the best sporting tournament in in, in the world? Well, I mean, it like, has to it, be, doesn't it, in a way? Yeah. Because... because it is literally played by everybody in the world. Yeah. Um, I mean, the sport is obviously played across every single nation. That's, yeah. you know, that's a given. But I think the spectacle of it all, I think because it is, you know, you know, you know it, is, it is the pinnacle of the sport, isn't it, really? Yeah. You know, you're playing for your country. You're playing in a, a – I mean, the trophy itself, just looking at the tra- – that's probably one of the greatest trophies in the world, isn't it? Yeah, shame England's never listed lifted that particular oh, we, version of it. Yeah, but we lifted one of them which didn't really look like that, didn't it? Yeah, until someone stole it and a dog someone found it. it. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, you're I, right. The, the the whole thing, the whole the whole kind of spectacle, it does bring the world together as well because yeah. you know you're getting everybody from every single nation going to that World Cup and and yeah, celebrating yeah. football. And so I suppose it, America's going to find that out again, aren't they? When yeah. they get it, World Cup or the Olympics. Ooh. I still say the World Cup. The I still think the World Cup. I love the Olympics. I yeah. do, but I still think World Cup's better. I, I remember I actually, I actually went to a football match. It was Brazil versus New Zealand. I think it was at St James's Park in Newcastle. Okay. And the only thing that was different that I could see that was there, they had these massive Olympic rings in the corner. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, I'm at, I'm at the Olympics. Yeah. And, and it, I, I felt really strange. I've, I've been there. A hundred times before at mm. St James's Park, but because it had the Olympic rings in the corner, I'm thinking, I feel like I'm in a different yeah. venue. This is great. I I, I also went to a, an Olympic football match. I went to Cardiff in 2012 to see uh, Team GB versus oh. um, Uruguay, and uh, oh, yeah, wow. that, that was that was an occasion, obviously, because that's the only time I've ever in my lifetime that Team GB football has ever existed. Mm. Didn't exist yeah. before then. It's not going to exist again. So yeah, but the World Cup, I, I just love it. I, I, there's everything about it. I. I uh, we touched on it last week on the show, having to try and manage an NFL season and a World Cup at the same time is like going to be extremely difficult. Mm. Um, like I'm thankful there's only one game on Sunday because at least when the Qatar-Ecuador game finishes, I can go back to the NFL and watch the NFL, I can yeah. concentrate on the NFL and the Chiefs for a few hours. And then as soon as Monday comes, I'm right, it's bam, three games a day, four games a day, four games a day, four games a day. It's just all football. So yeah. keeping up with life in the next few weeks is going to be manic. You're going to be listening to some podcasts where we're going to be absolutely shattered. There's a chance that next week's podcast, we could be completely, no, not next week, two weeks podcast, we could be completely and utterly embarrassed by England losing to USA, losing to Wales, getting knocked out in the group. There's every chance that happens. But there's also every chance that England beat USA, beat Wales, go through the group, knock USA out. And we are completely and utterly horrible to you guys on this podcast and completely <laughs> arrogant and make you feel even worse about the whole situation. The only difference between them and I suppose us is that if they knock us out, we're more likely to care than say they will if we knock them out. That's, yeah, that's well, it. yeah. Yeah, there's a bit more pressure, I think, on England, you know, yeah. um, because obviously with them inventing the game and then America just, you know, kind of breezing in and just going, oh, well, we've just beat you in a, in a you know, World Cup group stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and Again. kind of... Yeah, again, <laughs> again, yeah. again. Um, yeah, it is a bit embarrassing, I think. But um, can you see it happening this time? Can you see America? You know, I mean, both teams, England? both teams come into the World Cup in terrible form. Yeah, like, terrible. Like, eleven for eleven, game, couldn't it? Eleven for eleven, like lineup to lineup. 
England are better than USA. And I, I think you'd, you'd be hard-pressed to find any American that disagrees with that statement. Mm. But the problem is they're both playing so, so badly at the moment. The USA yeah. have lost X amount of games coming into it. England are in terrible form going into the World Cup, which isn't a good sign. So, yeah, you've got two bad teams or two teams playing badly facing off against each other in a game that both want to win, by the way. You, like, you know that USA have the England game circled. Of course they do, yeah. You just know they, do. they have that game circled. So. How many times are we going to hear about uh, the Revolutionary War and we're going to hear about, you know, Boston 1776 yeah. and Boston yeah. Tea Party and there, 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 yeah. all these Americans. You'd be speaking it. German if it wasn't for us. Type yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah, All of that, all of that stuff. <laughs> all yeah. that cliched stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Was it Alex Morgan that when they beat us in the women's uh, final a couple of, a few years oh, ago, God, she yeah. got a tea celebration, didn't she? She did, yeah. 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 I mean, the thing is, though, I think Americans thought they were getting on us, and we were we, we were all thinking, yeah, it's probably worth a cup of tea now. Actually, we need. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, fair with one, the Luke. tournament, with the tournament, who's your favourites? We did we did say last week we were going to talk about the World Cup a little bit before we got into the Chiefs because you're not going to yeah. get this anywhere else on the SB Nation podcast network. Let's be honest. No, no, and um, no. the chance of any of these our listeners going out and finding a World Cup preview show are probably slim to none. So they got a mini one now. It's, 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 <laughs> If you want to skip forward, say about five ten minutes, we'll be on the Chiefs Jags. But um, who, uh, who's who's like your dark horse, and who's your favourite to win win the tournament? I think I'm going to go straight in with the favourite first because I think uh, Argentina. Oh, so boring. I know, I know, and and they always come good, and, and especially when you look at the group they've got. They've got obviously Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. Yeah. I just think they're, they're just going to breeze that group. But the team that they've got, I mean, they've obviously got one of the best players in the world and Lionel Messi as well, you know, yeah. just adding, throwing in the mix. But they are a phenomenal team. But They're unbeaten think, in like 30 games or something. That's what I mean, you know, and, and, and you're carrying that into a World Cup compared to what England have been doing where they've just been yeah. embarrassed in the Nations League. Uh, recently, which was, that was terrible. That I mean, um, after after all of the highs that we had, you know, go back you... to Argentina. Don't no one wants to care about England. Go, go back to Argentina. <laughs> go back to Argentina. No, no, they, I think they. I would actually uh, go with Argentina as the ones that I think will win it. But on paper, Brazil's definitely got the got the team yeah. in Brazil, haven't they? I mean, Brazil's always been kind of good, though. I mean, they have a bit of a slump now and again, but you know, Brazil's such a. Um, I mean, on paper. I mean, God, that even the bench should get on on the Newcastle United team for for they're, God's sake, you know. They're due to face each other. If all going well, they're due to face each other in the semi final. By the way, Ooh, that would be but, a brilliant yeah, game. Be good. Uh, do you reckon it, like do you reckon Messi needs to win this tournament to cement himself as the best of all time? Yeah, I think he needs it. Yeah, yeah, I really do. Because... I know he won. I know he won Copper America a couple of years ago, and that's a mm-hmm. big deal for Argentina. Obviously, it is, but. Obviously, when in terms of Argentinians' eyes, it's always Maradona first, then Messi, yeah. because Maradona delivered the 86 World Cup. Yeah. So if Messi manages to do that, obviously to go with delivering the Copa America, delivering Barcelona and all those trophies and whatnot, yeah. and then maybe, maybe in Argentinians' minds, here here overtake uh, Maradona. I feel like he's kind of done it already. I I I like it would be nice for him to win the World Cup and yeah. fully cement it. But I don't think I don't feel like he has anything to prove personally. I I don't feel like, I, I I have him as the greatest of all time anyway. Yeah. And the one thing I don't want to happen is Portugal to win the World Cup, and then you get all the Ronaldo Stan accounts coming yeah. out and saying, "Oh, he's the greatest of all time." I'm I'm, I'm not here for that. <laughs> and my favorite, you've mentioned them, Brazil. I think I 
did you, I think you just have to back Brazil in a World Cup. Yeah, I think so. Like, they're worth a fiver for sure. Tremendous attacking options. Obviously, they've, there's a couple of Arsenal players in that squad, so you know, obviously, I'm silently rooting for them as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think they'd be good. In terms of dark horses, I think this. I think what's funny about this particular World Cup and what's um, making it kind of interesting is that it's the first World Cup where you're going to get players coming into the tournament actually in true form. Yeah, it's, it's not like it's not like normal tournaments where you've got like four week break in between the, the league season ending mm. and the World Cup starting, and you've got like loads of friends in between. Like the league season literally finished or took a pause on Sunday. Like mm. on su- and then they're playing next week, so it's like a normal match week. So you're looking at players and looking at star players, and like, who's the form players, and how they're going to be able to carry that through? And that's why I think every team is going to be able to play their best lineup, and they're going to play a lineup that they knows in form. So I think this is probably the most open World Cup we've yeah. seen in a long time. Like, there's not there's two great teams for me: Brazil and Argentina, mm-hmm. and then there's a pool of good. Not great teams, potentially but could, good, but yeah. could still win the tournament. Yeah, and that's where I put England. I put England, Germany, Spain, France, Portugal, Holland. There's like a few teams there that you think actually, if they they got a bit of luck and bit get a form, bit of form, yeah. yeah, they could. Uruguay, they absolutely could win this tournament. Uruguay are my dark horse. Um, I, well, I was going to plug for Cameroon because I've got this soft. Uh, soft centre for, uh, for for Cameroon because of the Italian ninety World Cup where yeah. they hit the, they just kind of swept the whole competition forward, you know, because everybody was really kind of rooting for them. They were doing, mm-hmm. doing the kind of samba style next to the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, next to the corner flag and stuff, and you know all those kind of celebrations. So I've always got a soft spot for Cameroon, but I think Uruguay. I think you're right there. I think they they could be a, a bit of a dark horse. They, they, I think they'll go far. I think they'll go far in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I could absolutely see them having a run at the semi-finals for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So when in the next few weeks, I'm sorry, I've kind of taken the lead on this bit. You knew I would anyway. Yeah, no, I did. Yeah. Go for it, mate. I'm enjoying. So it. in the next few weeks, you are going to hear the phrase or read the phrase quite a lot on Twitter, on socials, on this podcast. It's coming home. Okay, <laughs> that's what you're going to hear, and I need to explain this to some people. Right. We when we say it's coming home. Us Englishmen do not actually believe we're going to win the tournament. No. Okay? We do not. No one believes it. Okay. We say it because it's just some optimism. That's all it is. It's a cause for optimism and taking the piss out of ourselves as well a little bit. It, like yeah, it, is, it. it is very much a dig at ourselves. So we could beat Iran 1-0 with a lucky 90th minute equaliser on, on Monday in our opening game. Yeah. A result that would probably, to the world, think, well, didn't England play shit against Iran? They've got no chance against the, uh, winning the tournament. Well, after that, if we do get that one, they'll win. We will be singing it's coming home and saying it's coming home till the cows come home because it's just us taking the <laughs> out of ourselves. So you will see this in the next few weeks, Cheese Kingdom. You will see it on the socials. You'll see Englishmen saying it. You'll hear us saying it. Do not take it literally. Do not take it as seriously as you think we do because, trust me, we do not take it this seriously in no. terms of it's coming up and, and do not reply oh England are coming home oh, you know. yeah, yeah 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 because we, we know we know they're coming home <laughs> <laughs> we know it <laughs> just let us enjoy it just let us enjoy ourselves for a few weeks because th- this country I, I, I don't know if America's got an equivalent but 
this country on World Cup time is just a completely different animal to every like it's it's it, I actually think it's when England's at its best personally. Yeah. Is when 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 the national team are doing well in, in tournaments and everyone's really they, happy. I think when the when they eventually get out of a group stage, I think that's when it starts t- hitting hitting like fever pitch, isn't it? Yeah. So it's, yeah. you know, it's and if they get like quarterfinals and then you feel like there's a semi-final around the corner and then we we, we know we're going to be out in the semis uh, penalties or something against Germany yeah. or something like that. But um, it's just who we are. It's our identity. <laughs> exactly that. Exactly. And I've always said if England managed to win one of these tournaments, I'd go missing for a week. Like <laughs> I would. Uh, I'd be head down in Trafalgar Square. That's what that's, that's <laughs> would be me. I would go missing. You wouldn't like call in sick. See you later. Amy, you have to look after the kids. <laughs> I'm gone. I'm gone. Um, yeah, so it just it, it changes people. Like headlines won't be on for about a week if England win the tournament. You'll you'll be you'll be looking at headlines at, in the morning when you wake up, looking for our headlines, and they won't be there because, yeah. or it'd just be like loads of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've just phone drunk. It's not going to happen. <laughs> so we mentioned who we think we might might actually win it, but uh, who do you think is actually going to get the golden boot this time this this time around in this World Cup? Uh, I, I'm I'm. Gonna say Kylian Mbappe for France. Um, I was gonna say the same thing. It's Come the group. On. It's the group they're in. Australia, Denmark, yeah. and Tunisia. He could win. He could win golden boot in the group stage. Twenty goals in the group yeah, stage. He, honestly, he could. He could <laughs> score. He could score five, six goals in the group stage, and that could be enough. Yeah, additionally, six or seven is normally enough to win the golden boot. Mm. Um, he could get six, five, six in the group stage easily against that those opponents. So yeah, I'll go and Kylian Mbappe. Right, last one before we move on to the Chiefs. Yeah, England. England and USA, how far are they going? I think the USA are going to get dumped out of the group stages because I think Wales are going to finish second behind England. I agree. Gareth Bale in international football is a demigod. Yeah. He Gareth Bale is the Mahomes of international football. I thought you were going to say he was Mahomes of Wales. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> he, 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 he is he is the Mahomes of international football. Like he could be surrounded by some dross, but it doesn't matter. Gareth Bale is going to drag them through. Yeah, he, he makes everybody around he him. Yeah. He is one of the greatest international players of all time, and so I actually have Wales again out of that group as well. Yeah. Um, with England, sorry USA, not sorry. And then England, I think we go out of the quarters. <laughs> yeah, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we lose to uh, France in the quarterfinal. Yeah, I just yeah. I, seeing the form that they're in at the minute is just ridiculously. I, yeah. I'm not optimistic whatsoever. I mean, I haven't even bought a shirt this year. No, but it's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming home. Come on, one nearly ran. Right, can I take over the podcast now, Tom? Please. Yeah, how long was that? That was a long. That was a long. You, you, you did. You did promise the listeners at the beginning of this. Well, be, beginning of last week, wasn't it? That yeah. we we're going to do an in-depth review of uh, the World Cup starting, and you're probably going to do a bit more than that as well, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Maybe I think it would be wise if Steve, when he puts out the show notes, yeah, maybe he should put a timestamp of when we start actually on the Chiefs, so yeah. if people want to skip forward, they can. Like, yeah, I'll be interested to know actually how many people just listened to that preview of the World Cup. By the way. <laughs> Whether they're just still skipping, pressing plus fifteen each time. Yeah. I'm not sure, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, talking to World Cups briefly, just quickly. Um, congratulations to the England T20 team, the cricket, yeah. um, because we are world champions yet again. Yeah. White ball cricket, get yeah. in. There we are. We're the bosses of it, aren't we? So yeah, another uh, thing that our listeners won't care about, but yeah. Well, you know, it's different. Really, it, people compare cricket and baseball, don't they? Mm-hmm. And 
you know, they'll probably say that, you know, baseball and the World Series is a world tournament. Um, but we've actually, in cricket, we've actually won a world tournament with all the other countries fighting for that, to, you mm. know. So um, it's not just one country involved in it. Slight so. dig at baseball there. It offends some <laughs> listeners again, but yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Slight <laughs> dig. Yeah. And we just lost probably all of our listeners for that. Yeah. Um, but go Royals. Right. Chiefs, Jags. Now, um, I just wanted to fess up a little bit. I got a little bit wobbly in the last podcast because I was very, very concerned that the Jags were going to kind of, you know, come into town and we were going to have a bit of a wobble because I, the Titans got into my head a little bit. And uh, you were you were quite on the straight and narrow with it, weren't you, Tom? You were you were completely convinced that the Jags weren't going to be a threat at all. And you were pretty darn right. Yeah, this game went exactly how I thought it would, to yeah. be honest. Um, <laughs> I I, fo- I figured that Doug Peterson would come and be aggressive, and I thought they would try some things that we hadn't seen. And we saw it on the first play, an onside kick to open the game. An amazing call, by the way. Yeah, excellent call. I don't I don't understand why teams don't do it more often. Mm-hmm. If it fails, okay, fair enough. But then, but it, the reward of it actually going for you, it, it's got to be worth it. So fair play to the uh, Jags for doing that. Uncle Dave, be better, okay. You need to be expecting that type of things from now on, okay? Because you. <laughs> They're not Jags done it, other teams might do. Yeah. But then what really surprised me was that Doug Peterson come out and he was hella aggressive to begin, like, to open the game. And then the first, like, two or three drives of the Jags' possessions, they they had the ball in, like, semi-favourable position, uh, um, positions near midfield, but yeah. then decided to punt when they probably should have gone for it on fourth down a couple of occasions. Yeah, they weren't favourable fourth down Um yards and distance but come on you're, you're playing the Chiefs and then what happened the Chiefs all of a sudden are in a 20 point lead and the Jags find themselves in a 20 point hole and that they yeah they might have got a little bit frisky in the second half might have come out and played very well in the second half but ultimately left themselves too much to do and this is it basically followed a script exactly how I wanted it to go the, the only thing that was missing was seeing Chad Henney let's be honest uh, but um they the Chiefs covered they got over 25 points again and they give a young quarterback fits. And yeah. so it's just, it's, it was a typical arrowhead noon game against uh, a an inferior opponent. It was just, yeah, it was easy, to be honest. I, I, I was really quite chilled watching this game. Yeah, the, the Chiefs looked comfortable. They looked in control right from the start, really, didn't they? Um, <laughs> even though the scoreline might suggest it was a bit closer than what it should have been, but yeah, it, I, I didn't feel phased by it. In fact, I think I was messing about with my phone at some point towards the end of the second half, <laughs> like, you know, towards the end of the half, because um, I was that convinced that, you know, I, I'm, I'm, what was I worried about? Yeah. <laughs> what was I worried about? Um, Mahomes, his usual self. <laughs> it's his funny, we keep self. saying that. Mahomes, his usual self, and it's like, to anybody else, getting those kind of numbers, I mean, no, 331 yards, four TDs on 26 of 35 yeah i mean that's like we're just like eh, just yeah it just happens yeah but that's that that's my homes that's who he is and that's yeah. kind of like what we're all guilty of taking him for granted i thought the um a good thing about this particular game was players getting involved in the passing attack that you didn't expect them to do mm. so quickly like we've got to talk about Kadarius tony like yeah we've got to talk about and like how wrong was i on this one like <laughs> we we sat here a couple of weeks ago and recorded a podcast just after the trade happened, and I was completely down on it. Well, I wasn't completely down on it. I was down on it for this season. I didn't think feel like that Darius Tony could 
come out and make an impact yeah. like immediately. And what happens? McCole Hardman gets injured, miss get rules out of this game. So Kadarius Tony has to step up and play more snaps. And the Chiefs offense doesn't skip a beat. He's, he scores his first ever NFL touchdown, hopping into the end zone. And then he has that other play where he just goes up and mosses a couple of defenders. It just like if if in terms of like mid-season acquisitions, I'm looking at it and thinking, right, is this like Terrell Suggs? Do you remember when Terrell Suggs come along and give the yeah. Chiefs a little bit extra in the Super Bowl year? He did, like, yeah. You're right. Tony's coming in. He's he's given some juice to this offense, and like you're looking at him, like what? Tony, Juju, MVS, Hardman. Like again, it's an additional weapons, and then you've got other players like Noah Gray, who's getting involved in the passing attack all of a sudden. Like the touchdown that he caught, it was a great concept by the Chiefs. It absolutely was. Like they they completely bamboozled the the Jags defense with it, but. Noah Gray's finding himself in a position that he wouldn't he wouldn't dreamed of being in a year ago. So it's just that's what I found the most encouraging was the way that the Chiefs shared the ball, and it was players that we weren't expecting to be so heavily involved, getting involved in the passing attack. And that, again, you're you're sitting there, you're you're Brandon Staley this week, looking at the Chiefs' film from this week. You're thinking, what do what I do? How do I cut? Well, how do I cover? For, how do I count for all of this? And this yeah. is what makes the Chiefs so exciting to watch, and what makes Mahomes so great is the fact that he has all these pieces, and he's willing to let get literally any of them involved at any point. Yeah, just going back to what you were saying about uh, Tony. Yeah, um, I wasn't, I wasn't on the the mindset of thinking that wide receiver was a need for us. That was mm-hmm. what my my issue was. But when we got Tony, I thought, do you know what? That's not a bad. That's not a bad call because. Um, I mentioned in the previous shows that um, he has been likened to Tyreek Hill um, because of his the way he moves and everything. Obviously, not his speed, but the way he moves. Um, and I thought, you know what? The, the Chiefs is the perfect landing spot for him. And mm-hmm. he seems happy. He seems really yeah. happy. Um, you know, he's he's very much involved. We saw, we've all seen the video now where he's grinning into the, uh, in, into the camera. He's being interviewed by Orlando Brown Jr., um, where he just seems like he is really enjoying life at Kansas City, um, and including him straight away, and and you know giving him some reps there. He he, I mean he played brilliantly. He was effortless for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and four catches, really, fifty-seven yards, and a tuddy. Yeah, I'm so, I'm really happy with the way yeah. that uh, the the Chiefs managed it. I even called him a steal on Twitter mm-hmm. recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's only after what a couple of games. Yeah. Um, crazy, crazy. Uh, Nine but... players caught a pass again on Sunday. Nine, Nine and all. God. That's without Ed, Ed, Edward Hilaire wasn't involved. Yeah. His name Cole Hardman, obviously. Nine players catching passes. Jody Fortson got one. Sky Moore got one. Justin Watson got one. Noah Gray got two. Usually got two. We'll talk about Juju in a minute. Yeah. Um, McKinnon got six. He had a great game, by the way, Jack McKinnon. He was phenomenal, he especially in, especially in pass protection. There's a great to. there's a great breakdown from Baldy Brian Baldinger yeah. um, of pass protection from Jet McKinnon, and it is just a clinic. And like, there's a reason why he's off a down back. Uh, yeah. it, he just he was phenomenal. He looked like a right tackle, didn't he? <laughs> That's yeah. what he looked like on that yeah. class. Brilliant. And then Tony got four. MVS got three again. We'll talk about him in a minute. Yeah. And then Travis got got uh, six for eighty one. So yeah, Mahomes sharing the wealth. That is for sure. But we've seen that all the way throughout this this season, haven't we? You know, there's six, seven, eight, nine wide receivers. Uh, yeah. in, you know, in a game. Well, not wide receivers, but receivers in general. Um, and we see it that that has been the game plan clearly this year to just spread it around a lot more and not be that one dimensional team. And it happens when the Chiefs can protect Mahomes. The offensive line yeah. 
had had its best one of his best game of the year this this week. They, that, the Jags couldn't get near Mahomes. They couldn't like. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was one, and that was that deep pass that Mahomes had to MBS so from like basically the old goal line. And Trey Walker, Tevin Walker, come in and hit Mahomes at like, like last minute. That was that, like the one I think I can remember. I don't think he was sacked, was he, on Sunday? And if he was, then maybe it was probably only one. Once, I think, yeah, maybe once. So yeah, I thought the offensive line played well, and if. If the offensive line is going to play well, then it gives Mahomes such a base to play from. And yeah. you've got all these weapons who are combining very well that are beating their guys. Let's be honest, they're beating man coverage as well and they're playing very smart in the zone. There's a lot of talk about Travis Kelsey playing in the zone, but Juju against the zone this year has been phenomenal. So you've got smart receivers playing with a quarterback that's as smart as it comes, who's also being protective and he also has a killer arm. I just think it's a combination that must be an absolute ball ache. For, yeah. defenders, uh, def- for defenders and defensive coordinators. Yeah. Um, before we get on to the defensive side, I just wanted to uh, bring up, and I think you want to bring up uh, this as well, Cisco's hit on Juju. Yeah. Um, how right. that was not flagged or actually penalised for that was, I, it's, it's mind-blowing. I, I mean, you can you could tell by the reaction on uh, social media, Chiefs Kingdom yeah. was not happy by that. And then literally the play straight afterwards, yeah. Cisco did it to MVS. And you're thinking, yeah. what the hell's going on? You know, defenseless receivers is, yeah. is 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 a big issue, and we're trying to obviously stamp something like this out in the game. Where you know that was a hell of a hit on Juju, and it yeah. didn't look good when he landed as well. I mean, everybody was very worried about him because you know the, the, even the players were around the, uh, the you know the medical staff and everything, and everybody's really concerned because it didn't look it, well. It, it I don't want to say targeting, but it looked like it. That's you no, know. I don't, I don't... I, I'm, I don't know if it was. I think it's, it's unsafe play. That is for sure. Yeah. But I, I have a problem with the word targeting because the word targeting for me makes it sound like it was deliberate. And you don't think it was deliberate I, what he did? I don't like, think it was deliberate. I don't just think. I don't think the head-to-head like contact was something that Cisco was aiming for. I think it's incredibly stupid and an incredibly dangerous play, and he needs to learn how to hit, and he needs mm-hmm. to be educated, and he needs to be fine. He needs to be punished for the hit. Absolutely, that has to happen. But I don't feel like it was on purpose. I felt like he wanted to hurt Juju, mm-hmm. like they do. Every defensive player wants to hurt the receiver. If they get an opportunity to hit someone, they want to hurt them. Mm-hmm. Like they want to knock, knock the stuffing out of them so they don't come near them again. That that's yeah. just football. But I don't feel like they want to injure them. Like there's a difference between hurting someone and injuring someone. And I don't I don't feel like that's what Cisco wanted to do. He wanted to make sure you think twice about catching passes across the middle. Mm-hmm. But he just got it horrifically wrong. And what annoyed me the most was the fact that the the rest threw the flag and then it got talked out of it. Yeah. And got talked out of it. Like if you if you're if you're throwing that flag, it means you've seen it. You have seen it. And if you've seen that head-to-head contact, you've you've got to stand your ground and say, no, this is what I've seen. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong, but this is what I've seen. Better to be safe than sorry. Yeah. And yeah. that's what annoys me is that the 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 the, the league, they're just well, not the league, the refs are just so scared of getting that wrong that they they're getting it wrong flag. though by not acting on it, aren't they? That's the problem. I, just, I don't understand it. Like, but some people can argue. Well, is a fifteen-yard penalty going to stop players from wow. tackling like this or hitting like that? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is. Like, you, I, people, I've heard people say suggest that NFL needs to go to like a rugby-style tackle tackling. Yes yeah. and no. Like, the are, they, are the, they thinking the, about sin bins as well? Yeah, no, yeah, I'm sure no, somebody mentioned the that, bins or something. 
part of what the NFL what makes the NFL great is that it is a violent sport mm. and it is a collision sport and collisions will happen. But you just want the players to be able to you don't want the players having to feel like have to go low, wrap up, drag down to like a rugby rugby union game. You don't want that. You want players to be able to you want players to be able to come and steam in and hit players. You just want them to do it safely or as safe as it possibly can is to have two 250-pound men running into each other at full speed. Like there is a limit to how safe you can make it. But you just need players to be a little bit smarter. Like if a if a receiver's going for a ball, don't hit don't hit him straight away. Like make sure that he's able to protect himself a little bit. If mm. if the answer to that for that particular scenario was the rugby rugby tackle style, then fine. But if you ever find yourself in a situation or that Cisco finds himself in a situation like that again, I just hope he uses his head, not literally, as in his brain, um, a little bit more and just like, you know, make sure that he protects himself and and the receiver because there's no there's no place for that. There just there's no place for that type of play in the NFL. It's it's. It's it's shitty. Let's be honest. It's shitty, and you know, Juju is now going to potentially out for this week. And he's obviously the long term damage potentially to Juju as well with concussions. We saw what happened to Tua. How scary yeah. was what happened to Tua on uh, early in the year? Head injuries are a serious, serious thing, and maybe the NFL needs to come out and make the punishments more severe for helmet to helmet contact. Maybe yeah. that's that's the answer. I don't know, but um, we can't we can't be having stuff like that. Even though I do believe it was incidental on Cisco's part. I think it was a dumb play. I do think it was an accident. Um, I, I we just can't have that type of stuff like week in week out like we are. Just wanted to finish this segment by saying that the Chiefs' defense has been coming up trumps yet again, haven't they? They've been absolutely phenomenal uh, once mm-hmm. again. Um, and and I wanted to give out uh, a call out to two players in particular. Chris Jones has been phenomenal this year. Yeah. Um, and it's it's been something that I've I actually mentioned in probably I think it was our preseason chats that we had um that i was expecting chris jones to really have a kind of like almost like a career year out of this Mm -hmm. um and he really is delivering it which is really good and long may that continue um the other player i wanted to mention was Callan saunders all of a sudden has just come out of nowhere really hasn't he i mean i know he's been you know he's, he's always been like kind of like on the cusp but but saunders is really kind of elevating his game and Again, long may it continue. You know, yeah. the defensive line's looking pretty solid at the minute. I'm I'm quite happy with the, the way things are going. But and they're doing it without Frank Clark as well. Exactly. Um, well, that, yeah, that was the other point I was going to bring up. Actually, uh, with Frank Clark not being there, is it time to move on from Frank Clark at the end? Of not this season? season. I still think Frank Clark plays. Do you I think? Still, yeah, I still think. But don't get me wrong. I love seeing Chris Jones on the edge on from time to time. Like he got sacked from the edge this year, yeah. uh, this week. But um, I, I I still think. And Clark is like come playoffs. He's he's absolutely a guy you'd rather have in there than say Mike Dana. Um, I would, but he he has had some health issues recently, hasn't he? Which yeah, if, he's, if he when he's healthy, he's and Frank Clark's having a good year. By the way, he's playing. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. He's not like elite DN, but he is having a good year, and and he's not just good against the run like everyone says. He's genuinely like great pressure as well this year. So, but Chris Jones, he's just on another planet to any other defender at the moment. I. I and I haven't seen the latest update, but the last I saw, he was like the highest ranked defensive player uh, by PFF. He was in 94 uh, points, something. Yeah, whatever which was, is, right? I think he might be the highest grade player in the NFL, in fact, uh, going into. <laughs> wow. So he's just phenomenal. And he's in the defensive player of the year conversation now. Has mm-hmm. to be. It's still relatively early. You've got halfway through the season. Michael Parsons, obviously, is the, is the standout candidate at the moment because he's playing lights out football for Dallas as well. But... Mm-hmm. 
why not? Why can't Chris Jones get in the mix? I, I know a few people that backed it a few a couple of months ago, put very good odds on it. Obviously, the odds won't be as good now, but why not? If if Chris Jones can go on a run, because he is a streaky defender, remember? We all remember, yeah, yeah. We all remember that 10-11 game running out of getting a sack. If he can go on a run like that now, for the rest of the year, he's picking up a sack on Sunday prime time against Justin Herbert. Like, why not? Why can't he be in the conversation? I, I hope he does, because he's an outstanding player, and this year just looks like he's just taking his game to that next level. You've got that one blemish on his record. That's the, what happened in Indianapolis, but that kind of feels, that feels like it's kind of refocused him a little bit now. And now he's really standing up as his leader of the defense. And he's just leading by example in terms of play and the way he's carrying himself. He's just, he's a, he is a joy to watch. Like we've got two guys on this team, one in my home, one in Chris Jones, who are just playing their positions as well, if not better than anyone else in the league at the moment. And it is a abs- an absolute joy to watch them play football. Yeah. Mahomes MVP so far. Yeah, we're going to that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Uh, right. We'll take a quick break. Um, when we come back, we'll be doing the Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings, and we'll be looking ahead to the old enemy, the LA Chargers, the old enemy. <laughs> Hi there. Welcome back to the Great British Chief Show with Brad and Tom. Uh, it's this part of the show where we do our head pride power rankings. Now, Tom had something to say in the last uh, our head pride power ranking section. And uh, Tom, how's things going in the our head pride power rankings camp right now? They come through. The guys come through. They came okay. through, did they? Yeah, I called them out last week, obviously. And you got them in line. You whipped the, you cracked the whip. You got them all in line. They deserved everything that they got <laughs> last week. And I know Jared messaged me saying, I don't want to be called out on an international podcast ever again. Well, tough. You're going to say stupid things. You're going to do stupid things. You're going to get called out, right? <laughs> we do it all the time. So, but they've done all right. They've done all right. So, obviously, we go to the bottom first. Houston Texans. I literally don't know what to say about the Houston Texans. So, we're moving on. Yeah. Um, then the top five. Okay. So, it's in five. Five. Um, if anyone gets that reference, amazing. Um, Buffalo Bills. So they've dropped from second to fifth. Yeah, yeah. Second to fifth, the Buffalo Bills. Right. Second to fifth. Yeah. What's happened to Josh Allen? What's happened to the Bills? Like, is I like Josh Allen, and I, I, I should. I can imagine. How we feel about Josh Allen is how a lot of people feel about Mahomes. Yeah. It's like they they we like Josh Allen. We respect the hell out of Josh Allen. I just can't stand Bills fans or people <laughs> pretending that he's the best. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. so is this it like last... that Spider-Man meme where there's t- two Spider-Man appointed yeah. each other. Is that what it's like with Chiefs fans and Bills fans? Yeah, right it's Honestly, it's this last six weeks or since whenever they beat us in week four, whatever it was, it's been insufferable. Like mm. having to listen to the Josh Allen over Mahomes thing. Like I've got a friend that said it. Like the week before Mahomes Ooh, versus jo- honestly, my home week before Mahomes Josh Allen, we were down the pub, and he was saying how they're, they're like just as good as each other, and I was just I wasn't having it. I, I, <laughs> I just wasn't. I, I, I had too many shandies and I wasn't having it. Were you defending Mahomes' honour? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, honestly, I would have died for him that night. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, so I, I was going crazy and whatnot, saying, no, Mahomes is one in a million. Josh Allen's just on the good run. That was my argument. Jo- yeah. like, there's a difference between being in form and 
being the best. Yeah. Josh Allen just was in form. And in a, in a fine run of form, a good 10, 12 games in a fine run of form, right? Mm-hmm. But I was saying, until you like Mahomes, you do it consistently, year, week after week after week, year after year after year. I do not want to entertain this conversation. And unfortunately, for the last, what, four or five weeks up until two weeks ago, yeah. we've had to listen to people saying the same old stuff. Josh Allen's better than Mahomes. Ugh. Josh Allen's the MVP. If I had a if I had a redraft of the NFL right now, I'd absolutely pick Josh Allen over my host. Patrick, who? Come on, he should be on the State Farm uh, commercials with Aaron Rodgers. Not 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 Patrick Mahomes. Come it's on, utter looks, mate, isn't yes. it? <laughs> and it's exactly what it is. And finally, people are seeing it. Like yeah. this is not me wanting Josh Allen to be bad. It's just Josh Allen kind of reverting to the norm a little bit. A little bit. He can't. He can't maintain that demigod type level of play that Mahomes does. Yeah. He can play very well for short stints, 10 games, but he can't do it on the consistent basis that Mahomes does. And then what happens, Josh Allen starts playing badly or starts making loads of mistakes. What happens? The Bills are all of a sudden crap again. Yeah. Well, not crap, but not not as good as they were. They're not as fearful as, 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 as they were. They don't carry that amount of like, I don't know, aura that they had that people yeah. said oh the buffalo i was guilty of it myself i thought the buffalo bills were absolutely going to run the table right after mm. the beating us because i didn't think the fc east would well, you'd be expect anything. that wouldn't you yeah. you'd expect after beating the chiefs to think the yeah. tails would be up that you yeah. know we can do this this is our year and but they really they've kind of reverted you know, yeah. and that game on sunday night was just incredible like, as soon as the chiefs game finished i turned straight to the to the Bills Vikings games because I saw it start getting a bit frisky and that yeah. was I had more fun in fact I had more fun watching the last half an hour of that game than I did watching the Chiefs game at any point yeah but it, that was a crazy ending though wasn't it yeah. it was you know I, I actually looked away because I, um, I think oh god what happened it was a turnover wasn't it the, was it the Vikings didn't get the, over the line that was it wasn't it and they were they were literally bang on the line mm-hmm. um, and the Bills had the ball and all they had to do was kind of like, you know, they needed some room. They fumbled yeah. it. And I, and I came back in thinking, what the hell's happened? Because I thought... <laughs> the Vikings are winning. <laughs> yeah. No, I just thought, hang on a minute. How come? How are the Vikings got the ball back? Because I saw the next play where yeah. the Vikings had the ball back. And I was like, what on earth is going on? Yeah. Mad. Um, and I actually thought it was... They they've threw, threw a flag or something previously. So I missed the actual fumble and everything. Mm. So trying to unlock all of that while also watching the game at the same it was just crazy time um but yeah i I know what you mean about josh allen as well because it's it's like he's touched his ceiling which is mahomes's floor he's reached that level Mm -hmm. but he can't maintain that yeah he can't maintain that level and if he gets in if he gets to that level he is extremely dangerous like i don't i don't i don't i don't want the chiefs to face the bills with josh allen in form by the way because that that would be frightening it's just whether he will actually be in form or not. If it's a Josh Allen for the last couple of weeks, then I absolutely ta- I'll, I will take the Chiefs facing off against that version of Josh Allen. Yeah. If it's a Josh Josh Allen version of the first four weeks of this year, the back end of last year, then that's a scary proposition. Mm-hmm. I've had some Bill, Bills fans mention this, saying that well, we know we know what you feel like now when Mahomes had that bit of a slump last year, and I was like mm-hmm. thinking, yeah, people had seen that as a slump for Mahomes, but when you see the the the, the numbers he put up still last year. Hmm. Could you consider that as a slump? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, a lot of people were saying, you know, Mahomes was broken and all this kind of stuff, weren't they? And then he suddenly, you know, turned it on and it was like, you know, oh, it's Mahomes. He's 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 back to the norm. But yeah. even during his slump, it was still some of the best numbers yeah. put up than anybody else in the league. 
Yeah. So um, I don't think Bills fans can relate to that in a Josh Allen kind of way at the minute because you're going to have to see now how Josh Allen gets out of this. I mean, he's hit this slump, but how is he going to react to this now? I hope he goes full on Matt Schwab. (laughs) <laughs> honestly I do. completely bombs yeah just bombs <laughs> see you later bills good night bye-bye <laughs> uh, anyways um back to the rankings number four the minnesota vikings um they moved up then yeah they've moved uh they moved up a place justin jefferson's catch the greatest of all time yes absolutely yeah that after tony mariachi's um yeah definitely <laughs> Um, yes, yes, at the end of my one hand, yes, oh, yeah, yeah me up, Yankees, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that one. um, or Dwayne Bowe against Indy, um, Ooh, yeah, number three, the Miami Dolphins, they legitimately scare me. Um, mm. I don't want to play them in the playoffs, we're gonna, yeah, I know, Tyreek's gonna be coming to Arrowhead, and, you, you just know yeah. it, it's on the script, mate, you yeah. can tell, and I just, I, I'm not excited about that. It's like funny them. because we said that right at the beginning of the season. Are you yeah. worried about them? I went, nah, I'm not worried about them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, crap. They're, just, they're scoring points for fun at the moment. They yeah. look like they can move the ball at will. Um, yeah. Number two, the Philadelphia Eagles. Might have been number one had they not laid an egg the other night against oh, the yeah. Washington Commanders. Um, so that means your Kansas City Chiefs are number one in the AP power <laughs> rankings. <laughs> and I've got a feeling they might be staying there for quite some time. Yeah. When yeah. you see, uh, obviously, the Bills having the troubles, uh, yeah. Eagles, yeah, they had, a, they did lay an egg there. When you look at the Eagles' schedule as well, they had, to, they've had one of the easiest schedules, and the Chiefs have had one of the yeah. worst, probably yeah. the worst. Yeah. Um, and you see the Chiefs are still top of the pile uh, in the AFC. Um, yeah, I think, I think you're right there. I think, I think Arrowhead Pride got it right this week. Are you sure you didn't copy and paste everybody's? Yeah, <laughs> you said you were going to do it. Yeah, no, no, I didn't. I didn't. They, they come through. They come through. They come through. They come through. Um, so you did ask me, Mahomes MVP. I think this week weekend just done everything for it. Like mm. the MVP race, like Josh Allen just completely ballsing up when everyone was watching. Yeah. Um, twice the interception afterwards as well. Well, two interceptions in the red zone plus the fumble in the air. In his own end zone, that's obviously going to do damage to him. Jalen Hurts losing to the commanders on prime time, that's not yeah. going to help. Um, then you've obviously got the two of Tyreek thing, went into this last week. No need to go into it again, but neither of them two are going to win the MVP whilst they're both there. So, yeah, Mahomes is currently plus 150 to win the Super Bowl. I don't know what plus 150 is in our money um, because <laughs> that's uh, that's the American odds. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, um, I don't know what it is in fractions. It sounds but, good. But yeah, it sounds like his favourite. Yeah, Yeah, it sounds good. It sounds good. Right then, let's preview the Chargers. Um, Mm. Now, beginning of the season, we hear the usual, the usual stuff again about the Chargers being the the, you know the team that's going to challenge the Chiefs. In fact, we've heard about all three AFC West teams that are going to be challenging the Chiefs this year because the AFC West is loaded, and we find ourselves now where the Chargers. I can't put my finger on what's happening with the Chargers. I mean, okay. we always say we always say it's just Chargers being Chargers and the Chargering. But for me, there's got to be something fundamentally wrong in that in that organization because that roster, and we've mentioned it before, that roster should be doing a lot better than what it is. Yes, they've got some uh, injuries on wide receiver, <laughs> haven't they? Some injuries, I'll get to them. Some injuries. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you think somebody like Justin Herbert would be able to kind of overcome something mm. like that? Now, I know 
he's probably carrying a knock, and it's probably because of the, what happened with the Chiefs game where he banged up his ribs really bad, didn't he? Yeah. Probably broke a few, something. So um, he's probably still feeling that a little bit. But what is going wrong with the Chargers in your mind? Injuries. Just injuries. Injuries. Do you, do you uh, injuries. Injuries, absolutely. Like, I, I don't believe in curses. We know this. But I am... Um, I, but their their injury list is ridiculous. Like I'm going to run through their injury list of this this year, right? And I'm going to go by positions. Well, this then. is what who at some point has been missing this season or still continues to be missing. Yeah. So wide receiver one, two, and four. Tight end one and two. Left tackle one. Right tackle one. RB two. Defensive tackle one. Defensive tackle three. Defensive tackle four. Edge one. Edge three. Cornerback one. Kicker one. Kicker two. So you think it's the injuries, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, mean... what, 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 what tells you that? What gives that away? <laughs> uh, that injury list is... I think they've done a phenomenal job to be five and four. Uh, oh, I do. Yeah. I, Justin Herbert is out there throwing to practice squad receivers. Like... <laughs> It's to be honest, like they're missing Keenan. Keenan Allen's been injured basically all season. Mike Williams has been injured for a few weeks now. But I think his most reliable passing um pass catcher is Everett. <laughs> he's Everett. Yeah, he's Josh George Palmer's Everett. had a bit of a he's it's, had a bit of a, a he's, he's done all right. But like there's just no Josh Palmer, like who? Like it's <laughs> just there's just no one there. Austin Eckler, obviously, is Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler's one of the best running backs in the league. He, by the way, he's the running back that reminds me most of Jamal Charles, by the way. Yes, he does. In the league. He's he, been crap the last four games, though. Yeah. When you look at his numbers, he's been pretty darn crap in the last four But games. it's kind of easy for defenders to go, oh, let's look at all these list of weapons. Oh, injured, injured, injured. Oh, Austin Eckler. Let's do something about him. Let's like, stick on him, shall we? Yeah, it must be kind of easy. What doesn't help the Chargers as well is that their offense is unbelievably bland. Like, Joe Lombardi is just... Like you said that. He's just, honestly, it's so boring. Like, Justin Herbert throws one of the best deep balls in football. We've seen it. We all know he does. He's done it against the Chiefs. His, his deep ball is phenomenal. But they don't run anyone deep. Like, it's just everything is gets the sticks, come back. Or, yeah. uh, or check down to Austin Eckler. It's just, it's such a boring offense to watch. And you've got someone like, imagine Mahomes in that type of offense. It's basically like an offense built for Alex Smith type thing that Justin Herbert's having to deal with. And yeah. this is no knock on Alex Smith. Alex Smith, in, in, the, in the mind, unbelievable quarterback. Physical abilities, Completely limited hmm. compared to Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's physical abilities are out of this world compared to Alex Smith. But Justin Herbert's in an Alex Smith type offense, and yeah. he's throwing to worse receivers than Alex Smith had in 2014 when he didn't throw a single touchdown to a receiver the entire year. That's what kind of what Justin Herbert's dealing with at the moment. Yeah. And it's just like I, I just think it's an absolute miracle that this team is five and four. Don't get me wrong. They're not absolutely not in the hunt for the AFC West. They lose on Sunday. The AFC West race is over. The Chiefs will have such a commanding lead. They'll be at 500. The Chiefs will be at eight and two and hold the tiebreaker over them. That The division is over if the Chiefs win on Sunday. Yeah. But the Chargers can absolutely still play themselves into a playoff, uh, playoff spot. They're a team that I wouldn't want to come to Arrowhead if they're completely healthy, by the way, because you no. know divisional games are, are a problem. Divisional playoff games would be even bigger of a problem. And if they're healthy, then we know that they can cause the Chiefs problems. They did a few weeks ago. If it wasn't for the Jalen Watson interception pick six, the Chargers probably win that game. Yeah, and, and they weren't even completely healthy at that point. So they are an issue. They are a good team. They've just been absolutely decimated by injuries and an, and an offensive coordinator just who doesn't know what he's doing. 
it's, 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 it, as a Chargers fan, it must be infuriating to watch because the potential is there and it is there. There's a reason why people t- say this every single year about the Chargers because if it clicks, it would be amazing. But they're but always just, injured. They're but always it just never injured. This time of the them. It never clicks for them. It just yeah. there's some there's something about that franchise. They just I don't know what it is. It's just rotten luck. I don't know. I'm not gonna say curses, but it's rotten luck for sure. That they just can't seem to get things right year after year. You mentioned that the Chargers are very vanilla at the minute. I actually put it on the notes. Chargers are just a vanilla team right now with vanilla syrup and essence of vanilla thrown in for good measure. <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> they are you know you don't see anything wow that's popping off the uh off the screen at them and and, and you're quite right there's you know they haven't obviously got the skill positions mm-hmm. um therefore uh just in herbert to play with but um yeah it's it's but very disappointing some... time for them very disappointing <laughs> but it, it, that's that that comes as being a charger fan <laughs> yeah you know what you signed up for <laughs> yeah <laughs> You oh you wanted to support the Spurs of the NFL? Fine, go for it. Go for it, yeah. <laughs> um, you yeah. chose to be a Chargers fan, what's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it's unfortunate for some of the players on that team because they have got some like extremely talented players on that mm-hmm. team that are probably overdue some success in their their careers. Like the likes of Joey Bosa, Darwin James, obviously Khalil Mack. He's an outstanding player. He's kind of been around a little bit, but you look at the teams he's been part of. He's been kind of unlucky. He's played for Raiders. The Bears and now the Chargers, like, come on, like, get, what, a get wa- what a waste of a talent like that, isn't it? Yeah, and same with Derwin James. Derwin James is obviously he's had his own injury problems, but he's yeah. on a team that just can't seem to do anything. Joey Bosa is looking at his brother playing in Super Bowls, and yeah. essentially his brother playing another Super Bowl this year, and he's stuck in in LA doing nothing. Yeah, he might yeah. look good in that kit, but outside of that, he's just not. His career is going to ultimately materialize into nothing. Who were doing James is is a bit like the Will Smith meme, meme where he stood in the uh, empty room, isn't it? Where Darren James comes back and he's like, "Right, yeah, I'm yeah. not injured anymore. Where is everyone? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where is everyone now?" <laughs> so it's a great example. I like that because <laughs> he's like back that. fit, and now, yeah, yeah, it, it's it really unfortunate look for Darren James. I like him. I like him as a player as well. Yeah, I'm looking um, forward to watching him against Kelsey again. Like they always yeah. seem to have good battles. I feel like they kind of bring the best out of each other. Yeah, and uh, there are very few DBs in the NFL that can, like, genuinely have an impact against Kelsey, and it's mm. it's hard to have an impact against Kelsey for the entire game. We saw last year Kelsey made the 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 player of the game in in the game in LA last year, yeah. um, but uh, overall, I feel like Darren James has had some success against Kelsey, and I do feel like he rubs Kelsey up a little bit the wrong way, he gets a bit physical, gets a bit handsy, and we know that Kelsey hates that type of stuff. Yeah. He, he hates it. He gets annoyed, especially he's okay with it happening if he can get the better of it. But yeah. we see Kelsey get frustrated if he's getting manhandled, getting held at a line, getting pushed around, and he's still not getting his. That's when Kelsey really starts to get frustrated. We saw against the Titans, him throwing his helmet down, kicking his helmet, whatever he done, mm-hmm. because he just wasn't been able to get his. That'd be in, that's that'd be an interesting battle to watch. I also think the health of Andrew Wiley is something to watch this week as well, mm-hmm. because um Obviously, Prince Tega one I hope. Did I say that right? Yeah. Um, you, I think you stumbled through it, mate. You're fine. Crack off. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got this fine. Cheers, man. Uh, he's obviously potentially going to start a right tackle this week if Andrew Wiley can't go. So then you've got them, the Chargers uh, defensive line, Khalil Mack, going against um, Andrew Wiley. Um, not Andrew Wiley, Prince Tega one I hope. So that would be an interesting watch. But yeah, yeah. I, I, overall, I think it would be a good game because it always is. 
it, it always is a good game mm, between. It's very rare it's a blowout. It, it, like even Justin Herbert's first start, that was an exciting game. We need Bucker to kick a long field goal, mm. and the atmosphere will be great. We know that Chiefs fans travel to LA very well. We know it's a prime time game. We know that the Chargers absolutely have to get this game to be in the AFC West race uh, mm. still. So I'm looking forward to. It. I'm a bit annoyed it's a 1:30 a.m. game for us, but. Yeah, overall, I think it's a, it's a good opportunity for the Chiefs to wrap up a division title on what the twentieth of November, but seven weeks before the season ends. Like that, that, those opportunities don't come around very often, and this is one hell of an opportunity for the Chiefs. It, it, this might affect Mahomes' uh, season numbers <laughs> when we uh, start throwing in like Chad Henney and yeah. and Co. Um, you know, last four games of the season or something like that. So, uh, but I, I'm I'm fine with that. I'm okay with that. You know, um, if 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 that's how it happens and that's how we win a title, I would, nah, the AFC the uh, AFC number one seed's still going to be in. That's the big that's the big uh, prize, isn't it? And that yeah. there's 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 one team now that I'm absolutely petrified of when it comes to the AFC uh, number one seed race, and that's the, that's the Baltimore Ravens. I thought you were going to say Dolphins. No, no, no. The Dolphins won't win. Dolphins won't be in the conversation because the AFC East will just beat up on each other. Yeah, they've all got to still play each other. I still, I think Dolphins have still got four divisional games left, and all of a sudden the Patriots look capable as well, and the Jets are playing quite well, and obviously the Buffalo Bills on their day are a great, uh, a great team. The Titans aren't in the race at all because their schedule is an absolute gauntlet. There's no chance in hell that they're going to um, make a run at the AFC uh, number one seed. But the Ravens, now I had a look at their schedule yesterday. I was doing headlines and I saw something about scheduling. I saw something about the race of the uh, number one seed. I thought I'd just have a quick look at the Ravens schedule. Now the Ravens are a game behind the Chiefs. Mm. Okay. They are a game behind the Chiefs, but they obviously they're not playing each other this year. So there's no head to head, there's no head to head tiebreaker. So it's all going to be based on divisional conference play. But if you look at the Ravens schedule, they could absolutely run the table and end up four in and three. Really? Yeah. So these, this is the Ravens schedule. Right. Versus the Panthers at the Jaguars versus the Broncos at the Steelers at the Browns versus the Falcons versus the Steelers at the Bengals. That's a cakewalk, mate. Yeah. You talk about Philadelphia having an easy schedule on the way in. Ravens have got it on the way out. They absolutely could run the table. You're looking at that and you're thinking, well, we're kind of hoping that the Bengals are still frisky going into week 18 because if they're not, the Bengals the Ravens could absolutely run the table, go 14 and three and have the number one seat. So the, you, the, the Chiefs might lock, might lock up the division this weekend, yeah. but they absolutely cannot rest on their laurels. They need to keep going and try and go as many, rack up as many wins as they can, because I don't know if 13 and four does it. If you told me at the start of the year, I would have thought 13 and four might be competitive, mm. but I don't know if it is. I genuinely can see a scenario where the Ravens get to 14 wins and the Chiefs are having to sit, settle for this second seed with 13 and four. I mean, I, suppose no, I don't know Chiefs, what the tiebreaker is at 14 and three. I yeah. don't know who gets it. And that, I can't be bothered to work it out. Obviously it might depend on who loses to who, but um, the chiefs, uh, the chiefs could end up at four and three, but that's kind of like the minimum they need to aim for. They that may drop maybe one more game going in because they yeah. can't afford to drop any more with the Raven schedule as it is. I suppose the only positive in that is really is the, the chief schedule does seem to get a little bit easier as well. Oh yeah. True. So yeah. You know, Chiefs but the, the divisional the games, well. we know what divisional games are like as well. Yeah. You know, divi- you know. Um, yeah, we're going in against the Chargers. We've still got the the Broncos, haven't we, to play? We haven't played the Broncos yet. 
twice. No, twice. Um, and we've got the Raiders to play again. So yeah. you know, there's there's still a lot to play for, and, and the Raiders would love to stop us getting the one seed. You know yeah. what I like? We, we, I think we've got them the last game of the season, haven't we? Yeah. So if it does come down to that, and the Raiders, you know, they, they'll be even if they they've only got two wins on the season. Yeah. You know they they're going to make sure that they scupper the Chiefs' chances as best they can because of clearly of this obviously the the age old rivalry we've got with them. Um, I do. I, I find it funny that the um, both the Ravens and the Chiefs seasons could kind of hinge on them both visiting Cincinnati. They've got to visit Cincinnati. We've got to visit Cincinnati. And in my opinion, the Cincinnati road game, providing they get Jamar Chase back, is the toughest game of the year. The he Chiefs comes back left. by then, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah I think so. Yeah. I think that that could be the game that kind of hinges it. If the Chiefs manage to beat beat Cincinnati, and the Ravens lose to Cincinnati. Then I, I can see a scenario where the Chiefs uh, are the number one seed. Ooh, right. It's exciting though, isn't it? Like it is. You go through the first two months of the season kind of like, oh yeah, you know, just wait for January. Like <laughs> this is what we need. We just wait for January, let the playoffs start, and then let my homes be my homes. It's kind of nice that the Chiefs are going for the number one seed, but they also have like genuine competition for it as well mm. from the likes of the Ravens. It makes the next two months like feel like there's something to play for, as opposed to just going through the whole like the Patriots never had this. Tom Brady never had this. They could just like just walk their way through the season, get this number one seed, get the number two seed, make the Super Bowl. Thank you very much. That's it's why he's easy. the luckiest of all time, Tom. It's, That's it's, why he's it's, the luckiest. It's not that easy for the Chiefs anymore. The, the the single buy, the number one seed only, makes it a little bit harder. Makes it slightly more interesting for everyone. I I still don't like it. I would much prefer the two two buy uh two buy system because obviously yeah. that increases the Chiefs' chances of making the Super Bowl. But um, yeah, it does make this last two weeks uh, two months of the season. A little bit interesting. Yeah, you're right, and, and I suppose the first few months uh, that you watch it, you it, you're still trying to uncover who is the kind of contenders, don't you? And we're starting to see that now. We, we've seen that in the power rankings. They've hardly kind of shifted that much, apart from the Bills dropping drastically. Yeah. So you know we ha- we are seeing that now, where the real kind of contenders are kind of you know emerging from the pack, mm-hmm. um, which is good. And uh, like you said, this is the exciting part of the season now because the games start to ma- matter a little bit more. Don't mm-hmm. um, no matter who you play. I mean, this game against the Chargers, it's still a big game. No matter you know, yep. no matter how vanilla you think the Chargers are and how many injuries you think, you're still mm-hmm. going to get through them. Exactly. Still be a so, tough one. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, predictions. Uh, the Chiefs win forty nil. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I think it will be a tough game. I think Brandon Staley will bring his A game. I don't know how good his A game actually is, but um, I think he'd be aggressive. Is is uh, is his A game just going for everything? Fourth yeah, downs, every, it's literally everything. Yeah, maybe that is his A game. Maybe. Two pointers all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's his A game. <laughs> like, we haven't done particularly great against Justin Herbert in the past. Let's be honest. Like no, I mean, we obviously we got the pick six, but he's done. Like, I think the Chiefs win. I do. I do think they win. I, I would. I, do you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if we saw a similar scoreline to what we saw on Sunday, twenty-seven seventeen. Oh, right, okay. uh, a 10-point win. Um, I hope it's that easy. Um, it might not be, but that's what I'm going to go for. I'm going to say Chiefs 27-17, um, wrap up the AFC West. You might as well give them the hats and T-shirts on Sunday because if they do win, the Chargers ain't coming back from that. No, I've gone Chiefs 37, Chargers 10. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm, I've now flip-flopped the other side now where I was panicking before when the Jags were rolling into town and now I'm basically going, no, no, I've seen enough now. I've seen, you know, the Chiefs are... Oh, the real deal. Uh, they've always have been the real deal. I just had a bit of a wobble. Um, so I'm going all in on the 37-10 now. Um, if the Chiefs score 37 points on Sunday, 
and Mahomes throws for three or four touchdowns, that is the MVP race completely over. Just, just bring it out, bringing the trophy yeah. out right there. It's yeah, done. Yeah. It's yeah. Vince Carr. It's over. Walk off. Just yeah. Just, thanks for me, trophy. See you later, boys. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Cheers, Paul Rudd. Okay then, uh, that's all we've got time for this week. As always, stick around on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network for more Chiefs content, and of course, keep up to date with everything Chiefs with daily content on our website, arrowheadpride.com. But all that's left to say here is, from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon. Come on, England! Come on, England!